Hello and welcome to SAE Tomorrow Today. I am your host, Grayson Prolty. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to have Chet Druna, Ford Next Head of Strategy and Business Planning, Ford Motor Company, and Kristen Welch, Ford Strategy and Operations, Ford Motor Company. On today's episode, we discussed how Ford Next is investing in and shaping the future of mobility. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Chet, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Grayson. Great to be here. We're excited to have you here. Ford has over a hundred plus year history of innovation, and it seems reading all the press releases and, and watching what Mr. Farley is doing, it just seems Ford is just barely getting started on its path to innovation. And one of those paths is Ford Next. It was created in, in 2022 to accelerate the development of autonomous vehicles and foster new technology businesses. Chet, well done. How would you describe that to our listeners for what the goal of Ford Next is? Yeah, thank you, Grayson. I uh, just wanted to start by saying we really appreciate uh, this opportunity. You know, I think it's um, such an important state of the industry and to get a chance to share our thinking. And, you know, all the thoughts we'll share today, they'll evolve, they'll develop, just like our thinking is around Ford Uh You touched upon an important element around your introduction comments uh, about Jim Farley. You know, Ford Motor Company is a 118, 119-year-old company. We have uh, so many traditions, so many things that we're really proud about in terms of technology, innovation, a lot of firsts. You know, you think about the, the, the Model T, you think about the first industrial moving line and all of the various technologies over the last hundred plus years. The intent, and you, and you can see the play on words, Ford and what's next for Ford. So we're really an, a new organization that's focused around exploring, seeding and scaling a portfolio of business ideas. You know, we're really trying to leverage this great emotional connection we have with our, you know, our overall company and our history. We're also thinking about how do we really connect with directly to our consumer. And we're thinking about everything, whether it's physical products, digital technology, services. It's really a repository of businesses that are focused around a direct relationship with the consumer and really helping Ford uh, kind of transform itself into what's the future that we see for ourselves. The future of the automobile business, in my opinion, is a mobility business. And the direct relationship with your customers and your consumers is the future. I give you a lot of credit for that. Kristen, how would you describe your role inside of, let's call it the Next ecosystem? Because it seems like there's very vast many parts inside of Next. For sure, there are. And um, my role in particular, having come out of, well, I spent 15 plus years at Deloitte in global roles, so a completely different career. But then uh, coming into Ford Next in the sort of internal venturing space uh, out of a couple of startups is my mentality. And I, I approach it like an entrepreneur would. How do we, as Chet mentioned, kind of explore, seed and scale? And that's really what I'm doing on the ground is building ventures, working with teams, and then also operationally ensuring that we've got consistency across the ventures that we're building. So um, I've been with Ford for three years, thoroughly enjoying it. It's a really exciting time to be working in this industry. Chet, as a team is exploring, are you setting the strategy and the business planning for commercialization or what is your main focus inside the next ecosystem? You know, similar to Kristen, we're, we have very similar interests and desire for how Ford thinks about the future. Uh, obviously, we have slightly different backgrounds. So uh, I've been with Ford actually multiple times, uh, a little more than 20 years. So I spent 20 years developing as a, as a development engineer. Um, and one of the really great opportunities I've had is I've been able to see Ford through the lens of our customers in all of our regions. So 
I've had the privilege of working uh, and living in Asia, in South America, and Europe uh, over all kind of six, seven years uh, internationally. What that really helps you see is, you know, you touched upon it, the importance of mobility. We have all these ge geographies, we have all of these individuals that live throughout the world, but what's common to us in really, really simple form is, you know, we want to move people and we want to move goods. And so that concept in the world that Ford has excelled in, you know, designing, manufacturing, and building products that customers love, that's something that's really uh, important to me. Uh, and I, as I mentioned, I left Ford for a period of time. I, I worked at Uber and I worked in their autonomous division, focusing around commercialization of, of technology. So similar to what kind of Kristen mentioned is, how do we meet those needs that we've excelled in for a long period of time? But we see that the world is significantly evolving, significantly changing, both in terms of congestion, safety, access, uh, ability to get to mobility in ways that still meet our needs. I'm really privileged. I uh, not only work at Ford, but I also have three children. So I, I get to learn through their lens, through what they're seeing in a world of mobility, and it's very different than mine. And that learning helps shape you know, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to prioritize, which is an empathy towards our consumers, consumers that we know well, yet we have to address this tremendous change that's happening in industry. And Ford Next is really, really trying to draw that line, draw that string of clear connection to what Ford has excelled in, but addressing the portfolio of businesses that will meet all those mobility needs and consumer needs you know, around the world. I have a young daughter. It's, ama it's amazing what you learn, the way that they, they look at the world. Oh, I, I never thought about that. It's, it's really fascinating. So we have the 100-year history, Kristen, of, of Ford. The one consistency throughout that 100-year history, besides the commitment to innovation story with Mr. Henry Ford, has been the Ford brand. The Ford brand means quality. It means trust. What role is the Ford brand playing as you look to move people and, and move goods around the world? I think establishing uh, the brand, something that everybody before us has done you know, for a period of 100 years, what we have to do is we have to shepherd what that brand promises. And it promises quality. It promises safety. When you think about that, when you think about you know us owning uh, an element of the commercial vehicle business and the way we meet the needs of small businesses, think of the mom and pop shop businesses we have. That brand echoes with that consumer, just like the F-150 brand does, just like the Mustang brand does. So I think brand is highly interwoven in what we do going forward. But we also have to acknowledge that that brand doesn't necessarily simply have to be what it's been in the past. The, the greatest brands in our lifetimes, and we can name you know endless amounts, they, they continue to evolve and they continue to shape and change while still staying relevant to you know how they started. So I think Ford brand is very important. And what it does, it, it gives us, if you will, that established trust and reliability with our consumer. And that consumer already knows what it expects. Now it puts a lot more, if you will, impetus and almost pressure on us to ensure that we don't uh, we don't alienate that promise and that we actually continue delivering on that through everything that we're building uh, in Ford Next. Could I add a thought on that, Grayson? We've got a lot of really good people in Ford Next that are interested in upholding that brand and contributing to expanding the trust that customers have in us and our products. So we're always looking out for that. We've got people on the ground that, as Chet had mentioned, are just really interested in creating an innovative space 
and new customer sort of linkages and ongoing relationships, but also just improving that trust level and keeping it um, as strong as it currently is with our brand is very, very important to us. Yeah, maybe another to show add. I, I loved uh, Kristen's comment on, on people. You know, you we've certainly Ford Next has many, many call it incubation ideas, but some that we've already publicly talked about. And you think about autonomous vehicles. You, know, you imagine the impact or the potential autonomous vehicles can have, but the people that Kristen referenced for us to truly understand the needs of autonomous vehicles and the problems they have to solve, we have to imagine understanding not just automotive engineering. But it's automotive engineering, consumer electronics, safety regulatory space that's still evolving throughout the world, a public policy. Imagine your neighbor, your mom, your dad. How do they feel about seeing a self-driven vehicle moving around their neighborhood? Now, imagine types of skills and talent that you need to bring industries that have been around automotive industries more than 100 years. So those competencies are not just about having true experience in any one of them. It's integrating all of them. And to integrate all of those and address mobility needs is, it's really a monumental challenge. We, we internally talk about using autonomous vehicles as an example. It's our equivalency of going to the moon. The technology is, is uh, limitless, but on top of that, the importance of getting it right and having it so that my dad, my 81-year-old dad, is going to order that autonomous vehicle and say, yeah, I, I know how to use it. I feel comfortable with it. You're, I gave you an example. You mentioned global brands. There's a brand that everybody knows that's probably one of the most recognizable brands around the world, Coca-Cola. And Coca-Cola in the early 90s kind of went through a funk. Soda sales went down. The consumer wasn't connecting with it. And then out came the Coca-Cola polar bears. And everybody fell in love with the Coca-Cola polar bears. They were cute, they were cuddly, and they had the jingle, and it revitalized that brand, but it stayed true core to that brand. So Kristen, as you incubate and you work with and invest in new companies, one example is Cavenue there. How do you continue to innovate and incubate while respecting the brand heritage of the Ford Motor Company? Absolutely. Great question. And this ties to what Chet was saying about the autonomous vehicle technology. Cavnew, a startup out of Washington, D.C., started in 2020. We invested. Um, it's come out of SIP, Sidewalk Infrastructure Partners. That's a Google parent company. company. And we co-invested there to help test autonomous vehicle technology to improve or to help research and improve, hopefully, the, the comfort and safety of our customers in vehicle. So Cavnew and our investment there is really just a test forward, thinking futuristic about our product and how we get it in market and how we do that safely and how we do that maintaining the standards, the common standards and the trust customers have in us. And one really key thing about that that I think is interesting is the advisory council for Cavnu includes GM, Stellantis, Waymo, May Mobility, and others. And I think that's just, you know, it's speaking to the fact that we're all coming together in this space. There need to be common standards and there needs to be that sort of societal level of trust to really, you know, better our driving experience, but also improve safety overall. Uh, the, the CEO, Frank Louis Victor, who is CEO of Fordex, he, he stated the following very publicly about it. 
he said, at Ford, we are helping build a future of transportation that is safe, connected, sustainable, and obtainable for all. That vision goes well beyond vehicles and includes building an always-on relationship with our customers and delivering an ever-improving user experience. So inside of Next, are you always looking at, we have the vehicle, we have the autonomous vehicle, We on this side we have the commercial, say the F-150, then we have the F-150 Lightning. Are you looking from a holistic approach? What can we incubate to enhance the user experience for all these different products that Ford continues to develop and produce? I think you should probably do some of our marketing for us. So uh, you uh, you captured it well. Um, you know, uh, I, I referenced, you mentioned F-150. I, I referenced earlier in my comments, imagine uh, our transit consumer. We feel really, really strong uh, about commercial vehicles as an example. You know, the those businesses, whether, as I mentioned, referenced earlier, mom and pop businesses or plumbers, there are so many countless fleets throughout the world that are thinking about, and, and you can all imagine while we're talking about this, you may have something happening at your home. You may have somebody working on something, you know, in your basement like I am, and they are using our products and they're doing work. One of the really important things you referenced that Frank mentions, as well as Jim Farley talks about is our Ford Plus plan. And that's really leaning in to our consumers. It's not really you know, a buzzword or anything like that. It's really how do you ensure that those consumers understand that you really value them? So if I think about the work consumer, that commercial vehicle that they have is their business and its operation, its uptime, its downtime, its ability to bring them the tools that they need, its ability to decipher where those tools are. Are they in a charge state? Imagine the types of ideas you can create just simply really getting in the headset of that consumer and thinking about physical, digital, and service elements of their life in the end to improve their business. If we improve their business, they're improving our business. But more importantly, we're staying really, really relevant to our brand. And I think that's, uh, that's, not, that's not chat. That's not Kristen's you know, creativity. That's Ford Motor Company. And that's some of the things that really Bill Ford and the leadership team have always exemplified. They stay connected to the consumer and they think about what is our consumer's need. And Ford Next is really focused around all elements of that journey. I want to give a shout out to the, to the Ford Motor Company because the executives inside of Ford have done the most remarkable thing. They said, charging stinks, we're going to fix it. When you buy a Ford product, you should be able to charge it. And I give your charging team a lot of credit for trying to value your consumer and really emphasize with the Ford brand, when you buy a Ford product, you can charge it. You don't have to be worried about a broken charger. Well done there, Team Ford. Christian, we looked at different things and different ideas during the, the depths of the pandemic. Ford pivoted and started incubating some new ideas that had a very positive impact on society. Can you share the vision behind why Ford did that and, and what you accomplished during that time? We were given the, the mission to go into the COVID response with a few different areas, healthcare specifically, which I was leading, retail, and then dealership assistance. And on the healthcare side, we actually pitched a number of ideas, one of which was greenlit and then funded initially philanthropically. And that was to assist our customers 
in mobilizing healthcare services. So initially COVID testing, then COVID vaccines, but it's expanded so far beyond that. Now it's mobile CAT scans, smaller uh, equipment on the vehicle. Uh, it's moved into diabetes, general population health and testing, HIV testing, et cetera. And what we were able to do and learn throughout the pandemic is actually how to pick the vehicle, how to upfit the vehicle, what clinical equipment to include, and then how to work with the customer, again, with this ongoing customer relationship that we've established on telematics. So Ford Pro Telematics and the Essentials program where they can use vehicle data to really monitor a fleet of these healthcare providing vehicles and ensure that they're in the right communities with the most need at the right times. And coming out of that, it's actually a good example of an effort, a venture that we were able to hand back into the organization. We've handed that back to Ford Pro, the commercial side, as well as Ford Fund, who is now taking our learnings and transferring that into a dental, a mobile dental opportunity that they're funding. And because we realize that upwards of 5% of ER visits are actually oral health related. And so to the extent you can minimize ER visits by getting out in front of oral problems, um, you can actually solve a lot of the community health disparity that exists and the lack of access and the lack of trust in the system. So that's a great example of what we were able to do through the pandemic and beyond and something that we were able to kind of prolong into a, a real sort of public service and an improvement in public health going forward for our customers. Okay, you have the background at Deloitte. Deloitte's known for world-class research, the 5% oral ER. How did you uncover that? Yeah, we worked with Harvard Business School and the Harvard Review and the Business Review and national healthcare leaders to get to the data that was behind mobilizing healthcare in general and healthcare disparities nationally. So it was actually an opportunity for us to learn a lot about a space that we had no history in whatsoever. Mobile healthcare is a really growing opportunity. You mentioned you're, you're upfitting the Ford vehicles to deliver if there's dentistry work or or you're checking somebody for, for diabetes or for blood pressure. Chet, do you see, let's say, similar technologies eventually going into autonomous vehicles where there's a there's a passenger and perhaps they're having a cardiac situation, the vehicle can notice, okay, passenger is having a cardiac, re, uh, reroute a vehicle to the emergency room to save that life. Do you see mobile health eventually going into autonomous vehicles to help s save lives? Yeah, I, I think I would, um, I would, let's say zoom out a bit and say, will autonomous vehicles, you know, address elements of our customer's journey beyond the location A to B? And that, and in its use cases, we certainly are thinking about and investigating. So imagine, you know, what's really foundational, and you didn't really ask this in your question, but I'm exploring a little more, Autonomous vehicles will fundamentally start providing back one of the key commodities that we think is the most difficult for all of us to consider, which is time. When we do, you know, we, we would, now this is, this is more hyperbole. It's not like I'm going to give you the 5% fact that I think Kristen had awesome data on. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're exploring, right? We, we've, we've talked about the concept of exploring, seeding, and scaling. So in exploration, one of the key things is time. And time we start realizing is, number one, a commodity that we all consider, we all think about in some way, some form, yet we have never figured out how do we buy more of it, uh, even if we're more affluent than, than the next person. In an autonomous vehicle space, if I'm able to, we are able to provide you solutions that give you that opportunity to, to address, call it the mundane tasks of your day, 
whether that's, you know, going, oh, I, I'm, I, we, I have three children. Almost every other day, it's, oh, we're out of milk. But in that time frame, what could I be doing? What does 10, 15, 20 minutes give me? Now, is that 15 minutes time for me to have entertainment? For me to think about, you know, providing some form of service as I'm doing it? Could I do some volunteer work at the same time as I'm picking up my gallon of milk? The, the paradigm shift we all have to have is we think very linearly oftentimes in this industry. And we have to actually start thinking about how can we mix manage various different businesses at the same time? That's the creativity. And that's actually some of the real significant challenges we carry on our shoulder every day, which is how do we bring all these amazing ideas, but then actually fundamentally centered around the customer. If the customer actually want that 10 minutes when he or she needs to go get that gallon of milk, and what would they want to do with that 10 minutes? Would they just simply, you know, play with their phone? Would they watch a YouTube video? And so those are the exploration ideas we have. And that, you know, hopefully broadly addresses your question, which is what more would you do? Is it health mobility or is it something else? And that's, that's you know, that's still exploration for us. As you explore these new ideas and giving individuals their time back to, to make a choice of what they'd like to do in the riding that vehicle, how are you developing or working towards developing the trust when they get in that vehicle, they know that the trust it's going to get them to say, you're going to the grocery store to get the milk, you know, it's going to get you there safely and will get you back to your residence safely. How are you starting to, to build that trust as you think about time? We're advocates of Ford Dex and there are many, many competencies within you know our organization. But to your point around trust, you know, if you imagine, I referenced in, in comments earlier about public policy, how do we feel about an autonomous vehicle, you know, driving around our neighborhoods? Well, it's one thing to have a feeling for it. It's another thing to actually have some form of interaction. What we've all learned is the introduction of technology, there's an adoption cycle for everybody. Now you asked us earlier, you know, do we have an iPhone and could we record, you know, elements of our comments? And here we are. How do we find that app? How do we quickly get to it? Well, that adoption cycle is us having a certain level of familiarity with technology. That's going to be very, very similar to the adoption of autonomous vehicles. As you think about all of the steps that happens in your psychology. So right now, again, publicly known, we're doing some testing and validation of autonomous vehicles. As an example, we have some form of testing that's happening in Miami today. Well, within Miami, if you were a consumer, uh, again, more, more speaking in generics, how would you feel when a vehicle shows up? What is it that would help you communicate? Is that through visual cues? Is that through sound? Is that through lighting? Is that through identification of who you are on that vehicle? When you sit in the vehicle, what should you have to give you that sense of comfort? Could you have a, a vision or visibility of the route you may take? Could you hear a familiar voice? Could you have someone that provides you some level of comfort? So I think you touched upon a very paramount question, which is how do you feel and how do you build trust? Because if you build that trust, it comes back to the question you asked earlier, which is the brand. I expect a certain level of trust and a certain level of performance when I work with that brand. And I think that's something that's, again, we're in the explore stage. We think it's really important because once we do that, it unlocks almost everything. Imagine now, 10 years after the first time you touched your iPhone or, or you know, other devices, how it's becoming, you know, embedded in your life. You don't even know how to survive without it. Well, I, I, I'll use a sentence. I drank the Kool-Aid. I sincerely believe the, the impact that autonomous vehicle technology can have on industry 
and in particularly what it will do in terms of safety and what it will do in terms of quality of life and accessibility. It will provide accessibility to so many others that we find is, is truly important as our customer base. From an engineering perspective, I've had the privilege of many times of going in your vehicles in Miami. They perform very well and they do a wonderful job of, of integrating into the local community. The one thing that you've been very public about this, it drives like a Miami citizen. It's not a robot sitting there doing these things. It, it, it does a really good job blending in to the local uh, Miami community. Kristen, uh, Chet mentioned you're still you're in the explorer stage. You're out there looking for new things. Is your one of your main goals at Ford Next to kind of think about what's next, try and find companies that might be solving a problem or developing something that could have a, a game-changing material impact on the Ford Motor Company? Absolutely, yes. We think about it in two frameworks, sort of pipeline and flow. So the top of the funnel for us should be very wide. It should be, you know, it should have a sight line into some of these areas that are really key to the to the organization. So autonomy, movement in general, energy, perhaps um, other areas. But then we want to expand that because we don't know what we don't know. So we'll assess what's at the exploration stage, see what companies are doing, see what's out there, maybe look at some startups and sort of take that in and help matriculate that through the process. So we think of that's the first framework. It's pipeline and it's flow. And then our existing investments and the ventures we have built internally and then maybe potentially um, sent external uh, are in our portfolio. So there are two distinct sort of areas of my side of the business. And that's what we think a lot about. Where do we place that? How do we then consistently measure um, both financially, but also operationally with KPIs and, and benchmarks, the portfolio holdings, as well as sort of grooming the, the ventures that we're bringing through the explore, seed and scale phases as well. So getting to consistency across a number of different efforts or initiatives is really difficult, but we're, we're trying to place that um, sort of operationally. We mentioned Cavenue. We, we, we talked about the healthcare initiative. Are there other uh, public examples that you can share of things that either graduated through Next or are currently going through the, the Next process? Absolutely. I've got a terrific example in Canopy, which was incubated in our group. Uh, and earlier this year, we made the announcement together with ADT that we were funding um, an external organization, Canopy, with over $100 million, uh, jointly to provide a combination of Ford's AI sort of based AI powered camera technology together with ADT's monitoring systems in a subscription model. So um, basically that's expected to launch with product and market next year. And we're really excited about that because we did build that and we saw the opportunity and we saw the need in our customer base. And uh, that eventually will hopefully be agnostic as to OEMs. So it will begin in Ford vehicles, obviously in Lincoln as well, in cargo space. So typically a Ford F-150, a Transit, et cetera. But then it will branch beyond just the Ford labels so, so that um, anyone can secure the valuable, probably equipment, machinery, and then personal effects in, in vehicle. I think that's a uh, really, really great example. You know, it, it's hard when we only have two words in the name of our business, Ford and Next. <laughs> but I think the way Kristen described it, you can start seeing for those that are not, you know, directly affiliated or working with us, you can see, okay, so these ideas are not just, you know, the funnel concept that was mentioned, ideas that are internal to us or our leadership, 
but it's, it's all about partnerships as well. Right. And, you know, I use the AV example, but there's so many others. Is the, uh, the need that's required out there is how do we generate business value and how do we stay true to our customer base for our brand, but other brands. So the example for Canopy, ADT, whose focus is around safety, security, and it's not like, you know, I own a lot of stock in them or anything like that, or they're not public. So, but ourselves, and how do you find that common ground and create a really neat new business venture that ultimately wouldn't have happened independently? And I, I love, you know, of course, Kristen's a partner, and so I love the energy she has, but apply that across all of our ventures, and you can really start seeing how Bill Ford, Jim Farley, Frank Louis Victor, who you reference, you know, our ultimate leader for this organization, are giving thought to how do we truly stay, you know, planted, uh, apply it to some of the things that we excel in, but leverage that to expand much beyond what we've been doing. And I think I'm sure Kristen will maybe mention some other uh, ideas as well, like like uh, what we're doing here in, in Michigan Central. But you know, I'm I'm seeing the train station and and thinking about how many more things we'll be doing, you know, as we move forward. Trains are cool. All right, Michigan Central, 30 acre walkable district, 1.2 million square feet. Ford says commercial real estate. I say innovation estate. Is that where it's all coming together, Kristen? That's the goal. So Ford has underpinned the investment, but this is a separate entity. So what we're trying to do is support and fund, but not control. And the idea is to bring together partners, collaborators from small, super small startup kernel of the idea type elements up to, you know, the the sort of tech or communications partners that need to exist on the ground. In Michigan Central, on the campus environment, which includes, most importantly, I think, the train station, but also the book depository and the grounds around both of those. Uh, It's just a really exciting space to bring together innovators, collaborators, to build and grow together to rise all boats uh, with the tide. And a couple of communities that are already on the ground. Well, a good example is New Lab coming out of New York City, which is an accelerator, which we've already partnered with. They create studios around different aspects of our goals or different aspects of mobility in general. They bring together sort of really intelligent people to think through solutions to global problems. And so New Lab's already on the ground and expected to be a tenant there. So we're really looking forward to the the time when beyond where we're standing today, we're all in a, a collaboration space that's just really monumental and world-class that's fascinating so let's say it's called acme innovation company they can lease space inside of michigan central they do not have to be affiliated with the ford motor company we welcome all comers. I mean, even competitors, disparate sort of accelerators. We'd love to see the tech stars, the plug and plays, everyone coming together in this space. Yeah, I, I would one comment I would add is you know, as a portion of my career, I was working a lot with our uh, technology partners uh, out in Silicon Valley, and I had to uh, really acknowledge Bill Ford's vision of what he's seen, you know, through his career and seeing how that incubation works in Silicon Valley between universities to companies, both startups uh, through public partnerships, even competitiveness, what Kristen referenced, what that really does is it creates some of the most uh, ingenious ways and solutions and ideas. And that doesn't have to be selected or limited to Silicon Valley. Here, you know, the heritage we have, the technology we have, access to universities we have, the student bodies we have, 
there's so much passion in the automotive industry. And I think the vernacular is a challenge here because it's a hundred plus year old company, company and an industry. So we get caught up in words like, well, you guys are automotive, right? And think about transportation, mobility, the types of people and personnel that have come together to do with the things we've done the last hundred years. Now unlock that creativity. Let that be the way you bring and attract the talent that says, yeah, I want to be part of that, but I didn't necessarily work in automotive industry for 20 years. You're looking at two leaders here who could be as different as possible, who are now working as partners. I have 20 plus or 23 or 24 years only working in the automotive industry and affiliated with AV technology. And I'm very, very focused around developing businesses that will be successful. Kristen brings incredible background and depth that we wouldn't necessarily attracted in some sense if you stayed only to that vernacular. So Bill Ford, yes, he's the chairman of the board and, and, and we're not getting paid additional for bringing his name. What we're really acknowledging is his vision, his vision to say, how do you bring this type of thinking together? And how does he leave a legacy that says, hey, we addressed and we were actually loyal, if you will, to the importance of what humanity is trying to do, which is, in my simple words, move people, move goods. Thank you for that, Chet. And Chet's a superior leader. I, I really enjoy his vision as well. And I would like to also give a shout out to the state of Michigan, which has created legislation support in the Office of Future Mobility and Electrification. They've removed barriers for us. We also have M-City and the Center for Automotive Mobility and a lot of other supporting partners, as well as just the critical mass of industry expertise here. So it is the first place we think of when we want to kind of move into a Michigan Central or test using a CAVNU or, you know, attract people who are cutting edge and thinking forward in this space. So yeah, just really appreciate their support as well. Yeah, last comment for me, because I'm too passionate about this topic. I don't know all of the listeners uh, to this podcast, but I would imagine that, you know, I came out of mechanical engineering 20 some years ago and the letters SAE meant everything to me the vision and the drive for a society of engineers who are focused around automotive engineering. So those that would be listening, if you hear it in our voice, if you have that passion, participate, get involved, get engaged. It's not just, I went and worked for Ford. You hear us talking about, it. you come and join our ecosystem. You're going to help drive those solutions that society needs. These are not simply well, how do we develop the best revenue generating businesses? These are all about solving and addressing our customer needs. And we need talent. We need partnerships and we need people that have motivation and inspiration that, you know, that's why we're very fortunate and thankful for, you know, groups like your and your organization allowing us time you know, spend with you and to articulate some of those interests. SAE is a fascinating company. It's a fascinating society. They do a lot of really good. And I said to my daughter, I said, there wouldn't be seatbelts if there were of SAE. What? There wouldn't be. There wouldn't be this. There wouldn't be. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, so it's really fascinating the role that SAE plays. Is when you look at Kristen joining an ecosystem, Ford Next makes an investment in a company. They're joining the Ford family, the Ford ecosystem. What does that look like? Is there mentorship? Is is there guidance? Is there incubation? What does that look like? Yeah, well, it's a case-by-case -case basis, so it, the answer is always it depends, right? Uh, it depends on the type of organization. It depends on the size of our investment. It depends on the stage at which we invest 
externally. So much like I was talking about with our ventures before, there's an effort towards standardization, but we don't want to manage that relationship too closely. We want to invest and let people do what they do best. I mean, I think this is where large corporates have kind of not had as much success in the past is when trying to work with startups or trying to work with innovators, they kind of soak it up and it becomes sort of victim of the bureaucracy. And we've got a mindset here, at least in the smaller section of Ford, that this is how we move. We move quickly. We move with smaller teams. We try to standardize reporting, especially from a financial perspective, but we're not going to micromanage. We will let people create their own sort of HR environment and we will support, we will acknowledge, we might create some sort of guidelines, but yeah, we're, we're definitely about letting people run the business as they need to run the business for both of us to succeed or for all of the investing partners to succeed. It's the, it's the right approach. I would say Ford Next is the right approach for looking at the future. You're kind of, you're out there, you're innovating. And Kristen, putting this conversation into context, what is the future of Ford Next? And Chet, I'll, I'll love your opinion as well after, Kristen. That's such a big question. Um, we all, and the people that we work with have you know, it's very subjective, right? We're following the guidance of Bill Ford and Jim Farley and the Ford Plus plan, but we all have our particular areas of expertise or interest. Maybe it's sustainability, maybe it's electrification. We generally try to move as a unit with a consistent sort of strategy, and we would love to see Ford be involved in so many different spaces in the future that we have an appetite to kind of test and move quickly through areas that we don't know as much about at this point. So in my world, I'm hoping we can widen the top of that funnel when we're talking about pipeline. We can be exploring a number of different spaces that we're not yet in. And then we're helping um, either companies or our own ventures kind of come through and add value back into the organization and help shape the future of mobility in general. I mean, the Ford mission is to help build a better world where every person is free to move and pursue their dreams. That's everybody's mission that I work with. So I, I think we're all on board with that. It's just, we know it's gonna look different. We just don't know exactly what it's gonna look like quite yet. Whether that's one year, five year, 10 year, you know, I don't know the period of time. Whatever we introduce, my view of what Ford Next will deliver is it won't be surprising. And I, what I mean by that is you will see that Ford is involved in whether it's autonomous vehicles or some of the business examples. And you'll say, oh, yeah, I, I, I see I see Ford doing that. That makes sense. It's very true to who they are. It's true to what they're trying to do. And it will very much always tie to our customers. So I think it's a really challenging space so much that we have to do in terms of forming these business ideas, finding the, striking the right balance between innovation, yet so much discipline and process that we have in a company that's around 100 years. That is the kernel of secret sauce, if you will, that we have, which is we get to draw on all of this legacy and we get to take the innovation and then we stay true to our customers so that when it comes out, the product and the service, whatever it may be, Everybody in the market says, yeah, that's actually true to who they are. And it doesn't feel disingenuous because, you know, it's easy to say, well, in the end, you're, you're talking about somewhat utopia topics, but you are in a business to make money and generate money. Yes, of course we are. But when we do it in a way that's consistent with what we've always been, I think it will feel very, very genuine. And I think that aspect is consistent in almost all the decision making we see you know, in our collective leadership team. 
Without revenue and profits, the Ford Motor Company wouldn't have lasted over 100 years. And I, I like the line, it won't be surprising. We'll look back, we'll be long gone by then. But in 100 years, the Ford Motor Company is over 200 years old. It wasn't surprising they always innovated. That's that that's going to be the theme that's going to happen a, a hundred years from now. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I thank you so much for pulling back the curtain on Ford Next. And as we look to wrap up this insightful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them? Chet, we'll start with you, please. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start by reinforcing our appreciation for um, you, Grayson, and the SE organization. You know, Ford is just really proud to be working with you and being able to share, you know, what we do, um, what we're really proud in developing. You know, I, I think if this talk helps you see that everybody as individuals, as organizations, as, as partners, we can all really come together and help address some of the biggest challenges we see in industry. And that uh, is an enormous responsibility. You know, it's not just about creating our businesses that we think about on a daily basis. It's really how do we create a legacy and an enterprise that we're really proud of? So uh, I hope that everybody is kind of getting a sense for these are individuals that are truly proud of what Ford is trying to do. And uh, something that you know you can feel good about knowing that there's a reason to want to work with us and partner with us and, um, and help us collectively be successful. And I would only add to that, well said, the continued thread of the innovation that's happened at Ford is exponentially evolving. We are constantly evolving, as I think Chet said early in this discussion, Ford Next and Ford writ large. And that thread is just really key to who we are. So I would leave the listeners with watch this space. It's it's going to be different. It's going to look different. Um, we will continue to evolve and we'll continue to think through these new and innovative areas within mobility and beyond. The key to who you are is proud. You're very, very proud and they came across today because today is tomorrow, tomorrow is today, and the future is Ford Next. Chet, Kristen, thank you so much for coming on SAE Tomorrow Today. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. On next week's episode, we speak with Kevin Butt, Senior Director, Environmental, Sustainability, and Regulatory Affairs, Toyota. On the episode, we're going to discuss Toyota's vision for sustainability. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.